for four years, dude, four years, I was banging the phones, speaking in front of living rooms, probably 200 nights a year. I was in a living room, like actually 200 nights a year. I was in a living room, like meeting a bunch of people for the first time, making product for them, showing them a video, giving my presentation, my testimony, closing the room, signing up forms. So I knew the health customer, right? I knew the sale part. I knew how to communicate, right? And then you start to build the team, right? So I knew how to like, leading volunteers is way harder than leading employees that get paid and it's guaranteed, right? So I'm like, if you can, if you want to just learn like sales, man, just go join a freaking MLM. Welcome to another episode. Today, I am joined by Mr. Brandon Poulin. Brandon is yo, a yo. serial serial entrepreneur with his wife, Kaylin. They have built a freaking empire. Brandon is still a young buck, sub 30, 29 years old. Is that right? Oh, I'm, I'm just creeping up on 30 in July, man. <laughs> creeping Jeez. up on it. Getting old. Jeez. <laughs> So Brandon, Brandon is the, the founder of Lady Boss. They, uh, this is a health and apparel company. They built this thing to doing about $50 million a year before they eventually sold it off uh, just over a year ago to Russell Brunson. Uh, Brandon is a believer. He is a family man. He uh, a husband and a father of two daughters. Is that right? That's right, man. In the thick That's of it, bro. Up. Awesome. So I think that's probably the thing that I appreciate most uh, about Brandon is, is he, uh, he puts God first and family and, uh, then just is a, a big dude when it, when it comes to, to founding businesses and, and consulting and all that good stuff. So excited to have Brandon. Welcome to the show, dude. Dude, I'm pumped to be here, man. You were on my show. Now I'm on your show. We just get to hang out. I love it. So remind us what's the, what's the name of your, uh, your podcast. Uh, it's called Big Business Mistakes, man. So the the idea was basically um, lots of tips and highlights and stuff. And so we wanted to take a different angle, right? Like the mistakes and then kind of learn the lessons through there. So some good stories, man. Dude, you killed that podcast, by the way, Chris. You killed it. I was like, I got off and I was like inspired, man. You did so good. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. It, podcasting is so fun. You know, you get to just spend time with really cool individuals, talk about, you know, whatever whatever makes sense in the moment. It's, it's a good, it's a good time. So Brandon, dude, you're, you're young. You built freaking huge business. Uh, give us the backstory. How old were you when, when, uh, you and Kaylin started building lady boss? Oh man. So we launched in like 2014, like Q4 2014. So I guess I would have been not about 20 years old. Yeah. Are you married one twenty. Uh, no, we actually launched it. We were engaged. So we weren't married yet. We were engaged. And uh, cool. it's it's kind of crazy, dude. Like we we had like relationship hanging on a thread at one point. And so we were like, we actually hit rock bottom in our relationship while we were engaged. Rock bottom yeah. in our business because we were in network marketing, right? That's uh, how we met. So we yes. hit rock bottom in all these areas while we were engaged. And then uh, that company, which was our first big company, and we've got a lot of different um, portfolio businesses now, and we're doing all kinds of things, but, but it, it kind of lady boss kind of formed out of like the pit, you know, like <laughs> in a way. So it's pretty wild. Uh, 
you know, I mean, the the fact that you guys launched this thing when you're 20, 21 years old and it was the massive success that it is, I mean, that's that's pretty uncommon. I, I think I think a lot of people more take the route that I did, you know, start a business, suck, fail, right? Like, uh, you know, <laughs> try figuring it out. Don't build it very big right off. Like, man, what uh, – so give us the backstory. Like, what led to the launch of Lady Boss? Obviously, it wasn't just – some overnight success, right? Like everybody's got a story, like tell us yours. Yeah, man. I mean, it really started, it really started in network marketing, right? Like I had, I filed my first LLC when I was 17 years old. It was an auto glass company, Yo, right? My nice. buddy, my, my buddy came back from uh, Arizona and I was in Albuquerque at the time. That's where I grew up. So not exactly the entre- entrepreneurial hub of America, <laughs> but, uh, New Mexico, but, what are you talking about? Yeah, dude, dude come on. It's, it's like, I love the weather, man. But, uh, but anyway, it's like, so, so my buddy came back, told me about this auto glass thing, gave me a kit, little, little, uh, fanny pack pouch, showed me how to do it. And I was like, I could do this. He's like, yeah, we just go to get a gas station. So like, that was really my first entrepreneurial Dever, right? Like Googling how to set up an LLC at 17 years old, filed it, walked into a gas station. It was like, Hey man, I'll clean your customer's windshields for you. And then if they have a chip, I'll just offer to fix it for them. You'll be the only gas station around that does that. And everyone will want to come here and I'll pay you to do it. I was like, I think it was like 30 bucks a day. And he's like, okay. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, really? And, uh, so that's, that's where it started, man. And Hired, hired a bunch of my friends, didn't know anything about anything. I was like 17, man. Like I was just like, I don't know what I was doing, but I made money, right? Made some money. It all kind of, what kind of, what un- kind of money are we talking about? Uh, bro. Like I could make like, I could make like five, six, 700 bucks in a day at a gas station with a kit. Like that's pretty good, that's man. Pretty, like, dude, that's awesome. What is that a year? What is that a year? Like. Five hundred five hundred dollars a day is yeah, uh hundred and hundred and fifty grand. There you go. Yeah. See, I should have just done more of that. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but it, it kind of crumbled, man, and and just just kind of fizzled out. And then, you know, I I uh, I came home one day from the gym, um, and I was still living with my parents at the time, and my dad opens the door with like this protein shake in my face. And he's like, Here, try I made your protein shake, and I was like you don't make me anything like why, why are you why are you giving me a protein shake right and and then he like sat me down i watched this video and it was like the first time i've ever seen the network tell me marketing. it was amway tell me it was no amway. dude no dude no it was not <laughs> amway. Was it? it was what body was it? it was it was body by vi so it was a 90 day health challenge by salis yes. they they grew pretty fast um and so i signed up illegally at 17 um Cause you're supposed to be 18, I think. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know, man, rules are like whatever. Right. So, so signed up and, uh, and that was really like my breeding ground. Right. So you talk about overnight success. Like I met Kaylin through there. She was crushing it. She's, she always likes to say, and I'll say it for, her, she's not on here. Like she was making more than I was. She was crushing it. <laughs> right. So, so I actually did pretty well, man. I learned so much, so much in that we came together, started building together, got engaged and then it all crashed. Right. Like all just so, cratered. Always. Yeah. In. Yeah. So cratered. And then, 
that's kind of how. So what happened? Like, well, I mean, what what led to the what led to the demise of the network marketing? You know, I think there's a lot of things. I think number one is I had nobody else to talk to, right? And they didn't teach us lead generation, right? They didn't right. teach us like it was like talk to everybody around you. So, bro, like I find the common ingredient with entrepreneurs a lot of the time. I find the common ingredient is they know how to sell, right? And you, you were telling your story and you were door knocking, right? And I was like, bro, you learn how to sell when you door knock. Same thing with network marketing. You're door knocking their phone, right? Right. And so so I was out of people to talk to. I talked to every person I'd ever met, literally, in my phone book. <laughs> and uh, and we were grinding social media to get leads. And then that kind of started right. to dry up. And uh, And then we were pushing and building through our organization. And just like the company's momentum stalled. So the belief kind of starts to falter. And then you have like, um, it's kind of like a, not attrition of, of customers, but more attrition of um, awareness, right? That's kind of what happens in MLM um, right. is, is like just, oh, I've heard of that thing. I've already made a decision about it. And also, you know, in health and wellness, we tend to blame the product or program we buy that we never really tried or didn't put yep. our effort into, move on and say, oh, that didn't work. So I think all those factors I think maybe there's some leadership things in the company, some weird stuff going on there um, from an integrity standpoint, not like, not like embezzlement, but just like kind of character stuff that was a little weird. Right. So all of that kind of, I think blended together and made this like kind of, you know, all the ingredients to, to kind of start to crash the, you know, kind of crash the rocket ship, so to speak. Um Dude, so that's, MLMs, that's really MLMs are wild. Like, it, you know, I, uh, I didn't share this on your podcast, but you know, over the years I've been involved with a handful of MLMs, right? Like every, like in my early years of entrepreneurship, you get this bug of like, man, maybe I can make this work. Cause everybody's got a buddy that went and just crushed it or whatever, you know, like yeah. right after my mission, I, I got into quick star, which was Amway, you know, and then I, and then I got into like another juice company. And then this, like, cause, cause, you know, I had a buddy who his dad was number eight at Tahitian Noni and he was making a million bucks a month. And, and then, and then I freaking meet, do my wife, my wife's cousin married into this, this international, uh, MLM company. Uh, it's called uh, Sunrider. They have a big presence over in Asia and some of the wealthiest people I know, like literally worth like $15 billion or whatever. And so like all these different, it, it's, it's wild because you have the majority of the population sucks, right? Like they don't make anything of it. They try all selling their friends and family. And then you have these like crazy outliers that just go and crush it. it it's always blown my mind. The, the whole MLM scene. Yeah. Dude, you know, it's funny. There's this, um, there's this, uh, friend of mine, Josh, he's real good kid. He's like 19. He goes to my church. I see him there all the time. And, uh, and he's just like trying to get going in entrepreneurship. I'm like, dude, just go join an MLM and go sell something. Right. Like, I, you know, you take away all of the other functions that you have to fulfill. You take away the HR, you take away the ops, you take away the product development, you take away the finance, you take away all these things that you have to deal with. And you just go learn how to sell and you learn people. And that laid such a great foundation for me. You know, so you say overnight success, like Lady Boss was like, you know, 200K the first year, 2 million the second year, 7 million, and then 30, and then 33, and then 44, right? So like, it was fast, but, but for four years, dude, four years, I was banging the phones, 
speaking in front of living rooms, probably 200 nights a year. I was in a living room, like actually 200 nights a year. I was in a living room, like meeting a bunch of people for the first time, making product for them, showing them a video, giving my presentation, my testimony, closing the room, signing up forms. So I knew the health customer, right? I knew the sale part. I knew how to communicate, right? And then you start to build the team, right? So I knew how to like, leading volunteers is way harder than leading employees that get paid and it's guaranteed, right? (laughs) So I'm like, if you can, if you want to just learn like sales, man, just go join a freaking MLM. I love, I love it for that reason. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's funny now because Lady Boss was actually acquired by Russell, who was one of my early mentors and now a good friend of ours. And you know him. And, yep. and so he turned it into an MLM. So, and, and we're part owners in that. And so it's, it's kind of funny now that we, we, you know, we own an MLM now, right? Nice. <laughs> and it's like, it's like it went all the full circle. Uh, and he's kind of the same thing that you were saying. He's like, all my richest friends are, have MLMs. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Dude, that's that's the best part. It's like uh, the the owners, right? The the owners just just crush it. Oh, dude, that's uh, that's so cool. So, man, so obviously, Lady Boss wasn't an overnight success. You learned sales. You were pitching living rooms for four years um, before you yeah. you started this business. You know what was what was the turning point? Two hundred thousand, obviously, not a crazy year of of sales. Your very first year. What was the turning point that took you from that to, I think you ended up being like the fourth fastest growing company, according to Inc. 5000, right? Um, Like what, what was your, what was your big, like, aha breakthrough that just put Lady Boss on the map? Yeah, man. I think it's so many things all bundled into one. Um, But I, I would say that the biggest thing that struck my head is like, I think what people and and I'm working with um, entrepreneurs now, enterprise CEO, helping founder led companies scale, right? And a lot of these businesses are are in that like five million ish range a year, right? And they're like, how do I grow? And I think that the biggest thing is we tapped into predictable revenue. We tapped into a consistent customer acquisition model, and so you know we have these like episodic income events when we first start. We're just trying to figure out who we are. Right. So we're like, hey, we, we sell at this fair and we run this ad in this magazine or we do this commercial or we right. we buy this ad. Right. Or we launch this promo. And so we're just like in this like launch and just throw stuff out there. And you got to do that. Right. You got to like just make sales happen. Right. Like that's number one. But what really turned us from from, you know, a couple hundred K to kind of turn on the jets was we figured out first it was um, our pocket personal trainer program. We figured out the math, dude. And, and you'll never believe this. This is crazy. I, I don't know if I've told this story before on a podcast. So, so we're 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 in Puerto Rico. My wife and I got married, right? This was bef- this was right after we launched what was like called Lady Boss. We changed the name to Lady Boss about a year in, but so we're in Puerto Rico. We're like making like 20 grand a month at around this 200 k mark, right? And we're like enjoying the laptop lifestyle. We're like, man, we made it. This is so good. We're like, we got our dog. We're newlyweds. We're just like basking in that. You know, life was good. And and so we do this thing as entrepreneurs. It's so dumb, but but we do it. And 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 I did it. And it was, oh, so we made this successful. It's working. Like, what are we gonna do next? It's like, no, it's like, no. Like if I could go back and just slap myself, 
like I would. I'm like, no, you don't need to create a new diet program. Like we were literally, I think it was called the gladiator diet is what it was going to be called. We were going to like, all like, this is fine, but like, really, like, I think we need to make this program. And so we were going to like scrap the whole thing, the whole pocket personal trainer we built, like, like scrap it. Like, I don't know what we were thinking. I was like, oh, we're only getting a couple customers a day. Like they're, you know, they're not staying forever. It's like, oh, like we just, we need a new program. Like, this is like the, the thought. And it's like, as soon as you get something and you strike gold, you're like, let's go find another mine. That's the equivalent. This is what we do as entrepreneurs. And I see it like even at the millions of dollars a year revenue point. And yep. even now, like even at when we were at tens of million, I was like still trying to do this in my head. And I had to like smack that side of me and be like, no. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so I, I look at the numbers. I'm like, hold on, honey, before we do this, let me go look and see like really what return we got out of the ads that we bought. And so we had spent a thousand dollars on ads. And I didn't even know this at the time because I just didn't understand the math of business. But I, I, for some, I had this like, this like something just tapped me on the shoulder, bro. Like, and I was like, I looked in there, I logged in, and we had made five thousand dollars from that thousand dollars we spent. And this is a digital product with a hundred percent gross profit margins, right? And I'm like, I'm like, wait, we spent a thousand dollars and we made five. (laughs) I'm like. I don't th- I don't think we should do this new thing. And right. and then we turned up the juice man and that's when I realized that the game of scaling a business and growing it is like you have to understand the path of math for your business. Love that. And and so so this is like a training that I that that I did like I finally pulled it out of my head after doing it for like 7 years and like it's it's like one of my favorite things to talk about because we we want to just be this episodic thing and we launch we oh yeah my business is great i do two launches a year and i'm like that's like that sounds awful that sounds like no consistent revenue you have two giant hits a year you have nothing in between your team's stressed out like you have to have consistency to scale right so when when i finally tapped into that and started to understand okay target customer acquisition cpa and then wrapping that into customer acquisition cost from a financial standpoint tying those advertising to finance and then understanding the lifetime value. And you start to like, un, like you map that it's like a try. I call it the triangle. It's like the Trinity, bro. That's how, that's how I look at it. It's biblical. It's like, it's a Trinity. So, so once I, I tapped into that, I think that was like one of the major things. And we started to turn things up and then I just caused a slew of other problems. Cause we had all this revenue coming in. I had to figure out, right. Which was, I call those champagne problems. <laughs> Yeah, no, those are those are good problems to have, you know, when uh, revenue is flowing, just figuring out how to fulfill. Love it. Yeah. So, dude, that's uh, that's phenomenal. So basically you, you had this you woke up to this realization of like, <laughs> I, I just actually need to understand my business more. I need to understand the financials, what's driving, what's the fuel to this fire and uh and then you and then you just dumped and you figured out how to dump more and more fuel so did you guys bootstrap this whole thing or did you have outside investment how did how did how did you get this how did you get this thing rolling dude we we just we just bent out over and just strapped them on man and just trudged right through bro i think we were like thousand but like last thousand dollars bought a program learned digital marketing like just really strapped like i remember filming my brother was the manager at a gym, like a local gym. And after the MLM stuff had crashed, 
Kaylin came back in town. Um, she was getting courted by another MLM company and we decided not to jump, right? A lot of people they'll jump. So this is kind of like the inception of lady boss, right? We're like, Hey, like you are an IFBB pro. We understand sales and, and health. Like we know our customers, like we could do this on our own. We could do it digitally, right? Like, Hey, it's like, that's the era we're in. Right. And, um, and so, so just being able to, um, just being able to dive in and build the tools out with a computer, man, it, like what a freaking time to be alive. It's insane. Right. Now it's AI. I'm like, if, if you're like just getting started, like you can basically all these positions, Chris, me and you had to hire like three years ago. There's some low level like work that can now just be done by AI and like just two minutes. It's crazy, dude. So, so I think, um, I think bootstrapped is, is awesome. I, um, I like it because you know, you're, you're just getting to that profitable model. I think like later on, maybe phase two, phase three of your entrepreneur career, you start to understand the game of taking companies public, raising money, taking in capital, like bigger, like it just keeps getting eaten by a bigger fish at that. that like that's the game. Yeah. Right. So I think right. for, for us, I had no idea about any of that. I didn't understand that world. I was just like, okay, we got to make profit to pay our bills. So I remember being in my brother's gym. He was a manager of a gym filming overnight. I had like my phone, my iPhone and this stupid like $30 Amazon thing that I bought that like had a, a stand and we were yes. filming the workout videos, bro, overnight. <laughs> like it was a grind, bro. Like we, we bootstrapped all the way and, and then we kind of used, it was cool because we used digital products to segue into physical goods and inventory because yeah. that, that kind of generated the cash. So, so we never once had to take any outside money, which was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, the, the bootstrap life is, is definitely different than this old seed and series A, series B, you know, uh, taking on all this other, other capital. So man, mad, mad respect for that. If, uh, if you could do lady boss all over again, what, what would you do differently? Oh, I would hire, I would hire the team and pay the salaries for the people that it needed. The first time I built my leadership team, um, I, I looked around one day and I was like, nobody here has been where we are or where we want to go. Nobody. I'm like, we got great people. Like they will bleed for this, but they just haven't been there. Right. And it was, it was evident in, you know, the, the IT systems breaking our infrastructure there, the mismanagement of inventory, the amount of energy and time that Kaylin and I still had to spend in the marketing side of things, just all of it, man. Um, I think we had one person that was originally a part of that, like come up team, like those, that first 10, 15 employees, right? I think we had one person who grew and their lid kept growing with us out of, you know, the seven people we ended up with that ran the business. Um, and so I would, if I was doing it again, when we started to really spike the revenue, I had all this profit and I just was dumb and thought I was just going to train every, like, so here's what we do as entrepreneurs, right? First we hire friends and family, and then we end up in this nepotism, right? That's the definition of nepotism. It's like, we're, we're, we're hiring friends and family. We're not treating our business professionally and that's okay. Like we got to get going. But that's one of the things that happens. And then from there, we think everybody will learn as fast as we will, right? Because right. we think they're like us. 
because we just go, oh yeah, you just watched this course and like did this thing and you just take action and learn. But like people aren't like you, right? right. Like listeners right now, like no, your employees are not like you, right? If they were like you, they would be you and have the business. Doesn't mean they're not smart. Doesn't mean they can't learn fast, but you're not going to grow into the, into the eight figures, right? You're not going to grow with, if no one's making more than 80K a year, 70K a year, and you're trying to train everyone, right? So if I was going to go back, Chris, that's what I would do, man. I would have paid the right salaries. I would have spent the time that I ultimately ended up spending anyway, building those positions, recruiting for those people that could really, they had been where I had, had wanted to go. Cause like when you start, when you start hiring people, you start making profit, right? So you get the consistent revenue, you get the profit, your business is making money. And then you go and you hire people that have been where you want to go next. Like it's insane how you can get there. And you know this, but way better than me, bro. You've done it big. Like when you do that, it's like you just pour gasoline on it. And all of a sudden you're not the smartest person in the room in that area. People start teaching you stuff. And you're like amazed at what they're doing. Right. And that's like, that's when it gets cool, man. So, so that's what I would do Dude, all over again. Not be cheap. What, <laughs> what, what you're sharing is so valuable and so such a hard le- lesson to learn as a, as a bootstrapping entrepreneur. Right. Um, you know, allowing, dude, it, it, it's so hard to transition from these people that have bled for you and have worked so hard within your organization yet their ability is capped. Right. And and it's not yeah. that they're not great people. Right. Uh, but yep. yeah. And, and it's so rare for someone like that to actually, yeah, grow or graduate to the next level of what you need. And so you kind of go through this transformation as a business where you have to go out and find higher level leadership, higher level management that have done things that you want to do, like you're saying. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the that's the hard thing. So one uh, one thing that actually worked for me in, in building building my business Solgen was we kind of did a hybrid approach in, in the fact that we went initially. So we had some just scrappers, right? You know, like scrappy people like you're talking about. But we also went we went after people that had done some really cool things, and we said, "Hey, come work for less." and sharing the upside right and so we brought in some some equity holders early on that uh were earning sweat equity and had done some really cool things and so you kind of get that hybrid of the scrappy but also extremely capable and uh no dude that. that is that is that is such wise such wise words to to share and i and i think uh um, anybody that's listening to this is building a business, listen up to what Brandon's talking about. Like go and spend the money on the right management, on the people that have gone and done it. Um, bro, like Brandon, on this topic, on this topic for a second, like, yeah. like one of my clients that I'm working with that works with me on a yearly basis, I was talking to him and literally the guy wanted to just like quit and throw his whole business away. Right. Like making like 50, 60, $70,000 a month in profit. Right. It's just like hating it. And I'm like, and then you go look at the org chart and it's like, dude, you're a creator. You're a visionary. You 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 like marketing and sales. You have nobody that makes more than $50,000 a year in operations. And so you're dealing Crazy. with this like, like you're just, you're just doing administrative crap and, and operations that like you don't need to be doing. And it's like, 
if we would just sometimes like, if you just, you got to sacrifice some of that profitability, right? If you're making 50 grand a month in profit, go pay 10 grand to that and go find yourself someone who you can hand off all this crap that you don't want to deal with, right? The basics, the operations, the create this system to run this play over and over again, right? Like there's, there's one-time projects and then there's ongoing responsibilities. And like you slowly peel those off of yourself and, and navigate them to other people so you can do the thing that makes the money. You got to make it rain, right? Right. It's like, so it's like, but we're like, oh, like we're cheap, dude. I was cheap. I was like, I had hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in profit. And yet I still had what? I think one person that was making six figures at the company and we we're at 30 million a year, bro. And I right. was like, I was running around like a one man freaking band. And I almost like, I almost went insane. Like I had to work so long. Like I became a freaking machine and I be, I just, I just grew into what was required of me, but it almost freaking killed everything else in my life in that year because I, I just didn't realize it. Right. And it was so simple. I just didn't see it. Yeah. You know, two, two pieces of advice that, that really helped me uh, along my career path in regards to this topic was one, if I am doing certain work and I could hire it for less than what I would be willing to do it for myself, right? Like for example, if I'm doing $25 an hour work, but I would never work for $25 an hour, right? Like what are you doing, right? Go and hire somebody to do the $25 an hour work. Or if I'm doing $100,000 work, right? And I can go and I wouldn't take a job for $100,000 doing that. Like, what am I doing? Go and go and find somebody that will do it, right? And and just like you said, you know, share, sharing those so profits. Good. And the other, the other thing is, I don't know, do you know Brooke Castillo? Yep, yeah. So Brooke, Brooke shared some advice with me. Uh, we did a... Um, a mastermind a while back and which was phenomenal. She doesn't have a person on her staff that makes less than $120,000. And love that. And I was like, wait, what? You don't have one that no. She's like, I only hire high level people and I've hired very few of them and they take care of everything. And, and I was just like that, that, after I met with her, something really clicked and I really upped my, my management game and like people I was bringing in and what I was willing to pay, um, because of that one interaction. But, uh, yeah, it's, Love that. It, it, I mean, it's something well, that every entrepreneur needs to learn. And another thing on, on that calculation, right? Like if you take your net income in your business last year, divide it by 2080, you're basically going to get how much money you make per hour in a 40 hour work week. Right. So, you know, if that number's $200, right, that's how much your time is worth as the entrepreneur. And that's like what it was worth the last 12 months. Right. Right. So, so if it's $200, anything that you can pay someone to do for less than $200 that frees up your time to go do what you should be doing is worth that, that money. And even, even further so, if you believe in yourself and you know you're growing, what's your time worth the next 12 months? Where are you projected to go? I you could even go as far as say, what's your projection, you know, and, and it depends how risky risk tolerant you are, conservative, whatever. Right. But the bottom line is like, what's your future worth of the time that you could spend in the, in the future 12 months, the next 12 months, maybe it's 400. And you say, Hey, if I can pay someone less than $400 to do this, then I should be doing that. And then you just develop this muscle, man. You know, it's like, 
It's like every time I'm like, I need to do this. Like, okay, what's going to move the needle in my business, right? I wake up in the morning, right? I plan my week on Sunday. I'm like, all right, plan for the week. Go and look at my quarterly strategic, roll that stuff down. Okay, here's the stuff I need to do that's going to move the needle. And then I'm like, who can do this for me? It's like that delegation lens, right? We're always like, you have to develop that muscle as an entrepreneur. You just get stuck in like the 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 hamster wheel. You know, it's so Absolutely. easy too. Absolutely. Dude, this is this is great stuff. I think these are like real, like tangible nuggets that, that guys can take and apply into their business that that both you and I have gone through and uh can can drastically change the, the course of your business. Good stuff, no, man. No fluff and buff, bro. No fluff and no buff. No fluff and buff. That we're motorboating so the pie. We're motorboating the pie right go. now. Oh man. Ho- ho- hopefully they know what that means. <laughs> Dude, I don't think I haven't shared it on this podcast yet. But yes, if you guys want to know, let stay tuned. You know, more more motorboating the pie is happening. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. <laughs> it's not what you think. We're, we're talking about time <laughs> management, impact management here. Good stuff. Dude, so you know, you've you sold off your business. You're kind of you're young. You obviously have a ton of left life, life left. What motivates you right now? Like what what what's your passion? What's pushing you? Oh, it's a great question, man. Um, right now, you know, I, I signed the paperwork. I went to Europe for two weeks with my wife, had a blast and then got back and was like, I'm ready to go. (laughs) I'm like, I can't like sit around, you know? So I think really, um, I've found purpose right now in, in business, in the arena business, I found purpose in serving who I used to be. So Kalen and I are advising and investing in companies, helping them grow founder-led companies, changing the way they scale, right? All the stuff we're talking about, it's, uh, it's like, you know, having someone one-on-one to see those things in your business. So for us right now, that's what we're excited about. We're working with a select handful of people. Um, it's just been a lot of fun, man. I did one thing for like a decade, like health, weight loss, built this company. And now I get to go and and just play in other people's sandbox and like one pivot just for my experience. Not, not like, you know, I kind of have like, um, I had a bad taste in my mouth for like the, like coaching, like yeah. consulting, like investor kind of industry. Um, because most of those people haven't really done anything. And so right. I just felt, I just felt like, Hey, this would be a lot of fun. So that's what, that's what we're doing. That's what, um, we're excited about and and we're building as far as like, from a business standpoint and really it's people that I really like and companies that are doing things that matter to me. Right. So, uh, we've got, like got one company. So it's for, for Christian entrepreneurs. It's a, it's a mastermind community. Like that thing is so much fun. The King's brotherhood, like the transformation in there from a spiritual side, business side, all that, that's super fun. We're working with a company in the jet industry right now. Um, a little bit less than half of jets, private jet flights are empty and there's no marketplace for empty legs to, to shop those actual legs. And so that's a really exciting like tech project we're working on. We're helping a lot of health, health companies, um, you know, that are, that are similar to kind of what we did at lady boss supplement brands, um, you know, high ticket coaching brands and, uh, and some other things. So, so really just playing that kind of, advisor, like the person I wish I had to talk to 
when um when i was like in the thick of it bro like there just aren't a lot of people that could relate to my problems you know and uh and i didn't do a good job of like continuing to elevate my mentorship right i did a bad job of that as an entrepreneur personally i think i left a lot on the table and uh, i think i made some massive mistakes i know i did <laughs> i'm like i could quantify them right like i made some massive mistakes because I was in masterminds. I was learning from people, but there were just few, like few relationships where people were, had done bigger things than I wanted to do that I really could connect with and learn from. Um, and so I, I regret that. And so I think I'm kind of reckon, I'm kind of like going back and like, you know, reconciling that in a way for other people and helping them do that, which is a lot of fun right now. So that's cool, man. It sounds like a lot of, a lot of exciting things. So family business like how how do you balance it all love that man good question well this is where you taught me about motorboating the pie <laughs> and he's like no no you said i gotta tell everyone because now they're like what the heck is this guy saying like you said right. hey they're not they're not uh it's not one pie with all sliced up right in the different parts of life they're all one pie and you got to go all in on each area when you're there which i love that man that's great um motorboat I, I that sucker like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love it. I love uh, it. In case you weren't paying attention, we're, we're back. Um, I look at it like rhythm, man. It's like, it's like rhythm for me. So, so I'm big on kind of the reoccurring cadence of thing. I'm really scheduled, man. I'm intentional about it. So it's like, I've got a cadence to my health. And like when I do, when I work out, when I do cardio, when I eat, like I dial in a system and a cadence. So I'm successful so in that in, area. I have the same. Dig into that. Yeah, yeah. Dig in, give us some, give us some details on like, what is your cadence? What is it? What does on it look like? On the family dig? side or the health family, side? Family, health, all of it. Like what, what does a day it, in the life of Mr. Brandon Poulin look like? Bro, I do, I do a couple's alignment with my wife every week. Right. And so we have an agenda we walk through. There's about 12 things on it where we're dealing with our kids, having conversations about them. We're having conversations about our marriage. We're having conversations about our schedule for the week. We're having conversations about our faith, uh, about the food we eat and like everything, bro. And if I'm like, Hey, we're struggling in this area. I just add it to that list. And so I've got that, that alignment, right? The Bible says that two can't walk lest they be in agreement. And so if you're in agreement, you're in alignment. And so with your spouse, if you're married, uh, you have to be aligned, bro. Like you, you have to be otherwise, otherwise everything else is going to suffer. So I think it really starts, it starts there in terms of that side. I've got a, a cadence with my kids, bro. I see my girls every morning for breakfast. We sit down and eat breakfast together. It's a solid 20 minutes. It's all in on family. So I get my health stuff. And so a little bit of work done before that, but I have that breakfast time with them. And then after, after work, it's, it's dinners being made. And like, I could have someone make dinner. I could, I can afford that. I have that luxury. I'm blessed, but my wife loves to make it. It makes us feel like we're not just like outsourcing everything, living some like takeout lifestyle. Right. And then we sit down as a family. So I play with the kids and I have intentional time with my children while she's doing dinner. And that's like in our, in our home rhythm. And then on every Saturday morning, we do like a family outing, right? So it's it's like the jumpy park, the amusement park, 
the park, the whatever, like we went to, um, where was that place we went to? Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm blanking on it. Um, uh, bro, ever since COVID, I'm like sometimes short term memory. I'm just like blocks to lose it. But we went to this, uh, we go to like a uh, Tom foolery water park place. So we just do something like that on Saturday mornings. Yeah. And, uh, and then we do a once a month trip. Um, my wife and I do with, with the kids, like a family trip. And then my wife and I do a once a month weekend, like getaway. We leave the kids with nanny or grandma and do a weekend getaway for us. So like, there's this whole, whole like cadence that I've like really like this year started pushing really hard. We were kind of doing it before. Um, so that's the, that's the family side, man. I could, I could dig into the meat of it all, but no, that's, that's great. I mean, living it by design, you know, like, uh, one of my mentors, you know, always shared that, you know, you create culture either by design or by default and, and you never, you don't get a choice. If you don't choose design, you don't get to choose whether or not it's by default. It just happens. Right. And, and nobody, nobody's life just turns out right, you know, without being very intentional about it. So, uh, appreciate, uh, you sharing, you sharing those. What are, uh, what are some of your biggest, uh, what's some of the best advice that you've gotten from a mentor? Uh, recently, um, you're not going to lose it all. You're not going to lose it all. You're not going to lose it all. Nice. What what was that reference to? Like what, what, why, why did that hit for you? Man, as for me anyway, um, and and I think other, I've shared this before. Other entrepreneurs are like, yes, we have this, like this away from motivation, right? Like we're motivated away from what we don't want. We're motivated. We're more motivated by pain than we are absolutely we are, you know ple- pleasure or, or the dream we want and so um i i can get in this place sometimes of like operating in lack or operating out of like i'm just trying to get away from like what i don't want and when reality it's it's not even it's not real it's just like how i've like wired myself to be productive in a way and so so a, a recently a mentor gave me this advice because i'm just like man i'm like I got so much I want to do. It's never fast enough, bro. And then people look like you're 29, like all this. I'm like, dude, it doesn't, it don't matter, bro. You're, you're turning 40, bro. Or you're 40, you're 43, 39, you said? 39, I'm 39. Oh, you're 39. You're about to turn 40. That's right. You got the big four Oh. So like, even you probably, bro, you probably like, man, I'm not doing fast enough. You'll have this voice like, Oh, you're not, Absolutely. you're not there. Hell bro. Your, your, your growth isn't where you want it to be right now. And then you start to just like, go into this place that's so dumb and anybody else, anybody else would look at you and be like, I, I couldn't even fathom having what you have. And so I just want to tell you right now, like no matter where you are, like you're not going to lose it all. Like if you, if you take a night off, if you take a day off, if you get sick and you need to recover, your body needs to recover, you're not going to lose it all. Right. If you, if you go out on a Saturday and spend time with your family, don't check your phone all day. You're not going to lose it all. If you go two days without making a social media post, you're not irrelevant, right? And I'm like, dude, everybody deals with this, man. Every freaking high-performance entrepreneur deals with this. If we didn't deal with this, we wouldn't be high performers because we just have this – we're psychopaths. (laughs) There's no other way to say it. It's like we're just psychopaths. We're just like – so, so that, so that was really good advice for me recently, for sure. That, that's, that's incredible advice. Thank you for sharing. 
uh, best couple books, two books that have changed your life, been pivotal in, in your, in your success, in your career, in your family. What, what are they? Bro, I'm going to go Proverbs on this one. Nice. Proverbs. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go straight to the Bible, bro. I'm going to be like, I, like I, I'm going to love it. Hopefully, hopefully you air my episode and no, I'm just playing. I know, I know you will. Uh, I, I think Proverbs blew my mind when I read it, like go read all the translations of Proverbs, bro. You'll be like so freaking mind blown with wisdom, like business wisdom, family wisdom, communication wisdom, sales wisdom. I would say like, like hands down one of the best books I've ever read. And then, um, man, a number two book. Um, that's a, that's a tough one, bro. There's so many that come to my mind right now. Um, Dude, I want to shout out my buddy Alex Hormozy, who uh, was a huge part. We were we were buddies for a long time. Um, I remember he made his first sale at Gym Launch. We picked him up, took him to the gym, and so he's got a book called Hundred Million Dollar Offers." So good, just about how to craft an offer. Like if your offer sucks, like it's hard to do everything else, right? So so that's a that's a great a great book that that I reference. Um, he's just put it together so well. So th- those are two, dude, by the way, two solid books. By the way, Alex has got to be probably the smartest dude I know. Like it, when you sure. when you hang around him, he's like Harvard level education to the nth degree plus street smarts, and it's it, it's just so refreshing to hear his take on pretty much everything. It, it, he's he's such a stud. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely, man. Kalen and I were the only two people at his wedding. And I love the guy to death. And uh, he uh, he's like him and uh, another guy I'll shout out is Josh Ilzeche, founder of Snow. Basically, both guys like my age that I'm like, damn, bro, I just ain't that smart. <laughs> like, 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 I think I'm smart, but I'm like, I listen to two of them and I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I made that smart, man. Nah, I'm not that smart. <laughs> You know, I, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of most entrepreneurs are somewhat dumb. Otherwise they wouldn't be willing to take all the risks that they do. So feel, feel comfortable in the, in the fact that you, if you feel like you're not that smart or anybody that's listening to this, doesn't feel very smart. The smart ones typically overanalyze and work for somebody else. So, uh, (laughs) so true. So true. Uh, Good stuff. Well, dude, uh, it's, uh, it's been fun. What, uh, what give us give us a couple more a couple more things so one for a budding entrepreneur that's just starting out he's thinking about taking the leap from being employed to going and starting his or her uh business what advice are you giving to them oh man um i would tell them i don't think that i don't think that you have to just like cut your whole job and your whole thing and just like have some like look if if you're like me right like I'm I was 17 I haven't had a job since I was 17 years old right some of us are just like hardcore and that's just like our risk profile right like we just have that tolerance so I think if you're that kind of person like go move in with your parents just build your business right if you've got if you've got kids you got a family you've got a a, a life that you want to support and you have people that are relying on you you don't have to give up everything to start a company. Like do it in the spare time, do it in the nights, do it in the weekends, right? Like do it in the edges. I think there's so many opportunities right now. There's so many things like, like I just look at, 
um, some of the like there's Airbnb, there's there's crypto mining, there's be a content creator. Like there's so many ways that you could just use a cell phone and a laptop to be an entrepreneur in 2023. Like there's just no excuse, right? Like if you just haven't taken action, you're just lying to yourself. Like it's not, it's never been easier. Like, oh, there's a recession. Like, no, it doesn't matter, right? There's so much opportunity. Like go learn about AI. Look, here's what I would say. Go learn about AI and then go sell companies a package to implement AI workflow so they can reduce their overhead and their salary. Like I would hire someone to do that. Yes. You know, Yes. it's like- like go do that if you don't know what you want to do. So, so I think just go get after it, man, go get after it. And you don't have to go all in. You don't have to quit everything. You could do it on the side, but, but not taking action. That's the only excuse that you have. Amen. Amen. That's, that's good stuff. Uh, last question. So somebody's thinking about giving up They're They're feeling like just the world's collapsing around them whether they're thinking about giving up on their business, giving up on their marriage, giving up on their life, what advice you giving them? Giving up on their life? Just any, oh, just giving up. Dude, they're thinking about giving up. Come to Austin and come to City Reach Church with me this Sunday and I'll meet you there. If you're at that, if you're at that place, bro, I'm like, we, you know, we, we can talk about tactics and business and, and all that, but, but if you got a if you got a, a hole in your soul, which everybody does, in my opinion, uh, I think we go into a face side of things. So if you're at that place, hit, hit me up in the DMs. Come fly out to Austin, and I'll I'll have you at my church. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm dead <laughs> serious stuff. about it too. It's I'm stuff. dead serious about I, it. I I dude, I as a believer, I I agree. I think I think with a perspective on what life is all about gives you hope and direction and everything. So I I appreciate that that share. Brandon, where uh, where's the best way to to follow you or get a hold of you via social media? Bro, I'm on social. I mean, just type in my name and you'll find it. Um, I also, Chris, for for your audience, uh, so I've got a, a CEO's 360 degree audit, right? So I made this list. It's over a hundred items long, and it's just straight from my brain over the last decade. And so it's just identifying holes and recognizing opportunities. And, you know, ignorance isn't bliss, it's poverty and what you don't know hurts you. So I put together this audit, I give it to my private clients, but I just, you know, want to throw it out to you guys for free if you guys want to grab it. So, um, the, where can they snag it? Yeah. Yeah. The enterprise CEO.com slash 360 audit, 360 audit. And so it's the enterprise CEO.com slash 360 audit. If you guys just want to grab it. Um, that's the value that I want to drop. And then, you know, I, I do podcast, uh, big business mistakes and stuff on social. So what, what whatever fits your fancy, man, I'd, I'd love to help. If you aren't following Brandon along with his life, his wife, Kaylin, they are great follows. They're, uh, amazing people. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for your time. If you guys are still with us and, uh, made it this far, please go ahead and share in the comments on, on YouTube or in the reviews on the different podcast platforms, some of your favorite nuggets or takeaways from this, this podcast with Brandon. Brandon's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time. God bless brother. Look, look, Chris, I just want the audience to know, I just want to be like you when I grow up where I have a half a million dollar pair of shoes in my collection, bro. I'm like, that's what (laughs) Chris was telling me before. Easy, easy. Thanks for having me, man. All right, appreciate it. Have a good one.